Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide Podcast, and it is going to be great. Very much looking forward to our time today, aren't you, Jesse? I am. Episode 75. (laughs) Episode 75. It's a long title, so just bear with me. We're three quarters to a centennial. (laughs) Oh my goodness, we are. What are we doing for our 75th anniversary, Jesse? Looking forward to the 76th. <laughs> did you did you not make me a cake or No. Oh jeez. Well, I disown you as a brother and a relative. Understandable. <laughs> Fully understandable. <laughs> and, and relatable. <laughs> ah, ironic. Relative, <laughs> relatable. The yeah, title for our episode tonight is The Wapo is secretly based. Instead of abortion, try loving your babies. And uh this is because unintentionally I believe unintentionally, either that or ironically <laughs> or intentionally, uh, the Washington Post has put out an article about a Texas teen. As they often do. Yes, well, that that is true. They are a, what you might call a legacy media, a legacy media outlet. Um, they put out an article that was uh, entitled, This Texas Teen Wanted an Abortion. She Now Has Twins. <laughs> Rats. Dun, dun, dun. The uh, article itself is by Carolyn Kitchener, and we'll get to uh, the the contents of the article in a second to unpack it from a biblical lens. But first, we must talk about the Bible to lay the biblical framework for how we'll be looking at this article and pulling on some of the threads that are written here by Carolyn Kitchener about this Texas teen. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right. You're rolling with it. Uh to start us off, I, I didn't know if you wouldn't mind reading for us uh, Psalm one twenty nine thirteen through sixteen, Jesse. I would, but I think I'll read Psalm one thirty nine thirteen through sixteen. That's because I can't. I can't read. That's why we're doing this together. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I can't stay awake, and you can't read. So. <laughs> it's going to be a bang up job here. Alrighty, Psalm one thirty nine thirteen through sixteen says, "For you created my inmost being; you knit me together in my mother's womb." I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Excellent reading voice, Jesse. Thank you. Um, one of the things, this is, might be a weird tie-in, but one of the things I always think about when I, when I read this passage and it is a very commonly uh, associated pro-life passage in fact i do believe we pulled some of this from our for our awesome abolitionist shirt which by the way we did depending on uh, what happened as as we're recording this we're very excited because this may be the day jesse did you realize that i did not this, think that the, that that would be the day this might be the day <clears throat> that we get a 6-3 ruling or at least a 5-4 ruling to overturn roe v wade this boy, you just never know, do very you? Every day, every day's a curveball. No, but it is interesting, <laughs> as pointed out by several people on the internet, that the Supreme Court ruled <laughs> that you have a right to carry a gun wherever you want yesterday, just in case we have another summer of love in honor of Roe v. Wade. Mm. Oh, anyway, it's okay. New Jersey is still going to legislate <clears throat> guns away from people, right? But the whole idea is that the Supreme Court federally says that the federal constitutional law they can't that new jersey can't make a law that would then infringe upon a constitutional right that's the whole idea of it being a problem for them 
So if constitutionally the Constitution says you can conceal carry, then New Jersey can't make a law that says you can't conceal carry or else they're violating the Constitution. It's fun. Can't wait to conceal carry my shotgun. But that's... I <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't know how you're going to do that. You're going to have some interesting pants. <laughs> Sir, what's that in your pants? It's my shotgun. <laughs> Sir, you should definitely not carry it that way. <laughs> it's a very, very dangerous way. To... All right, anyway, moving along. One of the things I would associate this passage with, uh, besides the pro-life movement, is I connect it, and for some reason in my mind it goes immediately to Ephesians 1.4 which says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, it is not a direct correlation because Ephesians 1.4 is talking about the fact that God has literally uh, formed all of his His children before the foundation of the earth. But similarly, Psalm 139 is essentially connecting us to having been formed at that foundation as well, but not in the same way. So Ephesians 1.4 is talking about the election of the saints, and Psalm 139 is talking about about creation, uh, but they both have this this still ever present uh, sovereignty of God over them that that pre that that before anything God had already done, and that's that's the this amazing attribute of God to be you know imminent and transcendent and to be to be even imminent and transcendent over time itself. Um, which I, I think is a beautiful way to understand that life is not just, not, it's not just even some sort of an, um, conception thing. I almost said inception for a second. <laughs> Infamous? It's, it's not just some sort of inception. Wait, the movie? <laughs> no, no. It's not just... A dream. Within a dream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How did the Princess Bride know? Um, it's not just conception. Life goes back to, on on in God's in God's economy of time. Life goes back before time. God has God has established and ordered all of everything, and and we have to connect life that deeply um, when we're talking about this issue of the the quote unquote preborn, if you will. Um, and then this verse is going to come in handy as well as we talk about this uh, this article because we're definitely going to hit some themes here. Jeremiah thirty two thirty five says. They built the high places of Baal. Baal. (laughs) This is is why we don't record early in the morning. Oh, man. They built the high places of Baal that are in the valley of Ben-Hinnom to make their sons and their daughters pass through the fire to Molech, which I had not commanded them, nor had I entered my mind that they should do this abomination to mislead Judah to sin. Hmm. And I love this passage because it's God through the prophet of Jeremiah speaking to the fact that the children of Israel had adopted worship of Molech and they had adopted um, the practice that literally when you see the term the high places in the Old Testament, it's it's referring to worship, right? Which is why the Psalms of Ascent um, are, are are to be read on your way to uh, the Jerusalem and the temple. They 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 literally are going up. The high places are the places of worship. And here it's saying that the children of Israel had built high places to Molech and were sacrificing their sons and daughters to Molech in service to that false God. And God literally says that it had never entered his mind for this type of abomination, um, which is incredibly interesting when you start to, to think about um, Abraham and Isaac, right? as if we thought he was going to offer Isaac. It was it never, never crossed God's mind that Isaac would die there. 
Never once. This idea of, of this type of child sacrifice and worship is not, it is not on God's mind. And yet, here we are in the age of abortion. <clears throat> now we come to the article. Hopefully we've laid some groundwork because I want to be able to reference back uh, particularly to Jeremiah 32 35 because I believe our culture lives here. It lives in this verse. All right. So, article. The Texas teen wanted an abortion. She now has twins. So, it's not like a surprise thing. It's not. <laughs> it, does, it does sound like it was like, oh, surprise. Oh, I'm going to have an abortion. Oh, no, I have twins. It wasn't a surprise, it turns out. Oh, I, I thought she woke up one morning and was like, I want an abortion. Darn, I got to get pregnant first. <laughs> Oh, she just didn't know because, you know, they, we don't teach school, right? <laughs> she just didn't know. She didn't know that that's how. She's like, I want an abortion. <laughs> oh, wait. that. Oh, I got to do all it's that. Not a, it's not a Pez dispenser, Sandy. You can't just get a Pez, get an abortion. <laughs> There's an order here. It's not like the condoms in your high school. Oh, no. It's not like the tampons in the boys' bathroom. By Car- <laughs> This article is written by Caroline Kitchener. Um, and in order, because I'm going to keep referencing this point, I think it's important to start at the the end. This is an important point because this is how the article ends. The last paragraph literally begins. She told herself that alternate life didn't matter anymore. She had two babies she loved more than anything else in the world. That's how the article ends. I want you to know where this article is going. This article is going to the place where the, the girl who we will name later, but her name is Brooke. Brooke, this Texas teenager, has two babies that she loves more than anything else in the world. Why'd they put... They shouldn't have put that in the article. Oh, boy, they did. They did. Boy, does that undercut their agenda. Yeah, and I think it's important because this, this, this carries through the whole story. When you get to the end and you read that that sentence... Not only does the opening of the the article really undo everything the article is trying to do, because and this is why I'm like, are they secretly based? Is the Wapo secretly based? Um, because you can't, you if you're going to try to write an article that said that's trying to point to a particular, I'm going to use the, the the heartbeat law. If, you, if you're going to point to an article, an article that says the heartbeat law is evil because abortion is needed, but a person has twin babies, <laughs> you're not doing a good job, <laughs> like. That's not what you use to try to prove your point. And here this article even ends with this with, with Brooke saying, I love my babies more than anything else in the world. And you you come to the realization she loves what she was going to kill. She was going to kill these babies. But they're they're here. She loves them more than anything else. More than anything else that she knew previous and, and this is true about children, right? It's it's almost like you love children in a way, in a capacitative way, that as far as temporal relationships go, you hadn't previously realized, particularly for Brooke. Brooke is not married. Brooke is not, uh, well, at least when she got pregnant and had the babies as of yet, she hadn't been married. We'll get to that in the story. But Brooke, Brooke has a love for her children that she did not previously understand on this earth. It's an overwhelming thought. And all that had to happen is her for, for her to not kill them. <laughs> That's it. It's all that had to happen. So, 
we're going to reference that a lot as we go through this through the story because the article is, did, a, did a great job of being very detailed in the story. We get great details here about about Brooke, this Texas teen that wanted an abortion and magically now has twins. So, to go through the article, I thought we'd read a little section, kind of talk about it a little bit, and kind of pulled out some of the sections. And I, and I did pull out, um, not all, but definitely a lot of the article so that we'd have a really good context uh, to break down this story from a biblical perspective. I think it highlights some of the really clear um, the really clear points that abolitionism brings in as well uh, as well as the Bible points to these things these these principles the biblical principles point to and the reason we need to abolish abortion we need to end abortion holistically um, it, and and make clear laws it, it comes out in this story very well which is which is really cool so Jesse would you like to? Read this first little section of the article by Carolyn Kitchener. Sure. All right. Should I read it in my announcer voice? You should read it. You know what? I want you to read it like uh, Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> I would just read it. In your I don't know if I could do that for several paragraphs. I want to try. No, I'm not doing it. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> Brooke Alexander. <laughs> no, don't off stop them. it. Stop <laughs> it. Sorry. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough whininess in the world to convey that that woman's voice. All right. Brooke Alexander turned off her breast pump at 6.04 p.m. and brought two fresh bottles of milk over to the bed where her three-month-old twins lay flat on their backs, red-faced and crying. Running on four hours of sleep, the 18-year-old tried to feed both babies at once, holding Kendall in her arms while she tried to get Olivia to feed herself, her bottle propped up by a pillow. See, we, we that never works. The pillow never works. But the bottle kept slipping and the baby kept wailing, which is exactly what always happens. And Brooke's boyfriend, Billy High, wouldn't be home for another five hours. Please, fussy girl, Brooke whispered. She peeked outside the room just big enough for a full-size mattress and realized she had barely seen the sun all day. The windows were covered by blankets, pinned up with thumbtacks to keep the room cool. Brooke rarely ventured into the rest of the house. Billy's dad had taken them in when her mom kicked them out, and she didn't want to get in his way. This is how the the entire the article literally starts off, and um, and she didn't want to get in his way. The whole I should be in school right now. <laughs> I should be in school. You have me here. I have sailed across the ocean at incredible expense. Now they will have to fly not only the staff but the boat back to. <laughs> it's expensive to leave the boat here. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. Back to the article. Um, what I loved, <clears throat> what I loved about this is it's just a dramatization of real life. That, that's all this opening article is. Uh, if you have had a child, and I love it because you, you, your commentary is completely accurate. You paused. It never works. We all try it. We all try to prop them up. Just if we can get them just right, and the bottle will just sit there and just right. Just, all they have to do is just stay latched. Just just drink the bottle, and it doesn't it doesn't work that way. Never ever. Right? It doesn't work that way. Um, I also I also feel like the <clears throat> La Leche League should know that this this poor young teenager needs to learn how to would be helpful if she knew how to breastfeed and could do two at once. And there's there's great methods, and I just want to say we do not have to get into that on this podcast. <laughs> it would be really helpful right now. That's all I'm saying. Um, I love that. I love that she's well, her just, boyfriend's dad's not helping. <laughs> oh no, thank heavens! This seems like it would be an awkward <laughs> situation for the boyfriend's dad. Um, there, it, it's just it's just real. That's what happens. Like. You have a baby. You, ha- you, you know, it's funny is because you didn't have 
twins necessarily, but you had a ton of very small children all around you. <laughs> it's just like, and it's like, yes, yes, it's, it's, it can be very chaotic at the same time. You're going to, she gets through it. Like she literally gets through it. Even here, the babies will be fed. She's, she's keeping them on a schedule. She's making sure their needs are met and it is not easy. And it turns out like it's, it's never easy. There's, it's never easy. Can confirm. And I, I just want to, and this is where you just keep pointing back to the end of the article, right? Like it's never easy yet. It's yet she worth loves those babies more than anything. Yeah. From her own perspective. I also, I also feel like, like you're just all the things are pulling out, right? Like it's, she said four hours of sleep. I'm like, she's 18 years old. She's a mom. Four hours of sleep. That's like, that's like great. It's more than I've had recording this podcast. <laughs> it's exactly what I had recording this podcast. I mean, it's like there's there's a reality to there's a reality to the joys of hard work here, right? And that's why I started at the end. You're pointing to the fact that she loves these children. She was willing to do for these babies to sacrifice of herself for these babies because she loves them, right? And because she's a mom, and that's what moms do. Mm-hmm. Um, and very maternal thing. Right off the bat, you know the cat's out of the bag. They're about to write an article, and this is what they're secretly based. I'm telling you, the, the, this Caroline, Caroline, we see you, we see you, Caroline Kitchener. <laughs> right out of the right out of the gate, you're going to try to make an argument that the, she should have had an abortion when there's twins <laughs> in the room, <laughs> and it's in the room for the reader right now. There are two healthy babies eating right now in the story. How are you going to build a case like? That the, in any way that doesn't look like murder, <laughs> like how are you going to build a case? Don't get me started. They're just going to try to desensitize you by false narratives and all sorts of other things, and then then you just believe it. One you of the things I it. well, here's the best part. One of the things I love about this, they they don't, they really do, they do not do a good job at all of that. No, I just meant generally as far as how society works. Oh yes, that's how they do it. In this article, however, it's just it's just worship to Molech. I'm telling you, it's it's straight up worship to Molech. So. Let's read on, and I think that'll that Jeremiah will take on a whole new meaning. Uh, <clears throat> here's the as the article continues on. It's, uh, it says Brooke found out she was pregnant late on the night of August 29th, two days before the Texas Heartbeat Act banned abortions once an ultrasound can detect cardiac activity around six weeks of pregnancy. It was the most restrictive abortion law to take effect in the United States in nearly 50 years. For many Texans who have needed abortions since September, the law has been a major inconvenience, forcing them to drive hundreds of miles and pay hundreds of dollars for a legal procedure they once could have had at home. But not everyone has been able to leave the state. And by at home, by at home, by at home, just realize an abortion, they mean both literally you, they can give you something and at home you can have abortions or also just in nearer to their home. They mean both. It's pretty gross. Going on. But not everyone has been able to leave the state. Some people couldn't take the time away from work or afford gas, while others faced with a long journey decided to stay pregnant. While others faced with a long journey decided to stay pregnant. No judgment. No shame. Now we even have lazy people with abortions. Oh, that's too far. I'm just going to stay pregnant. Really? Is that what we're saying in this article? Nearly 10 months into the Texas law, 
They have started having the babies they never planned to carry to term. <laughs> that sentence in and of itself. Texas offers a glimpse, and this is, this is where they, you get to the opinion part, right? Texas offers a glimpse of what much of the country would face if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade this summer, as has widely expected since a leaked draft opinion circulated last month. And when you put these two sentences together, are you ready? I'm just going to read them again. Nearly 10 months into the Texas law, they have started having the babies they never planned to carry to term. Texas offers a glimpse of what much of the country would face if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade this summer, as has been widely expected since a leaked draft opinion circulated last month. Hmm. When you put those two sentences together in logical fashion, what they're saying is... <laughs> he has a baby. <laughs> this is a baby that they planned to kill, okay? And, uh, and this is what's going to happen if they overturn Roe v. Wade. People are going to be able to kill their babies. Oh, my gosh. Washington Post, why are you saying these things out loud? (laughs) They're just saying it. Oh, my gosh. Texas offers a glimpse into what it's going to look like to save lives by the millions. (laughs) Like, what are we saying? (laughs) And everyone was like, yay. (laughs) Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to not murder people? This is great. What a good idea. This is so novel of an idea. So I do love pointing out this uh, because this is this is one of the uh, clear biblical principles behind the pro the abortion abolition movement is that there was a law created that, that made a scenario that prevented a murder. This law is literally informing the reality that that you, mur- that killing your child in the womb is is evil and reprehensible and it should not be done. It's pointing that out, and I don't even know that this this uh, particular law is uh, the best law. Certainly, it's the best law now. I mean. We've had months to make other better laws in different states, mm-hmm. um, and and when you understand that, right? When you when you see that that the law actually does deal what it's supposed to, it informs morality. Uh, as as we go on in the story, I think it'll become very clear what what it can actually do, what what righteous laws can actually do, and <clears throat> we'll just say uh, a more righteous law than. The previous, a more, a less unrighteous law than the previous unrighteous law for this one. Is that right, <laughs> Jesse? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The one we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about, you know, not, you know, murder. This is at least less murdery than the previous more murdery law that was on the books. Is that? I don't know. All right. <clears throat> Continuing on in the article, it says, sometimes Brooke imagined her life if she hadn't gotten pregnant and if Texas hadn't banned abortion just days after she decided that she wanted one, she would have been in school rushing from class to her shift at Texas Roadhouse, eyes on a real estate license that would finally get her out of Corpus Christi. She pictured an apartment in Austin and enough money for a trip to Hawaii where she would swim with dolphins in water so clear she could see her toes. Hmm. <clears throat> this is where Jeremiah... She th- would have been in school right <laughs> now. <laughs> she would have been in school just like Greta. Uh, this is where the article takes that that stark Jeremiah thirty two thirty five, worship of Baal. Um, Baal and Chemosh in this paragraph are replaced with ourselves. That's just what it is. We've the image of the God we offer all the all of our children up to an abortion is just it's just us. Yeah, it's I mean, a Tex- just, Texas Roadhouse is really up there <laughs> in my book. Yeah, like. <clears throat> 
Thanks, Wafo. <laughs> You've just compared twins to working at Texas Roadhouse <laughs> and studying for a real estate license. Hmm. Mm. And, a, and an apartment in Austin, which I hear is getting a little worse lately from some people I know from the Texas area. <laughs> Probably pretty expensive. Yeah, it's getting expensive, and, well, all those daggone transplants from California, IA are coming on in. And <laughs> oy vey. Oy vey. Good luck, Texas. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're worshiping, we're worshiping ourselves. We're, we're sacrificing our babies on an altar. We're, 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 we're sending them through the fire to ourselves. That's what we're doing. I will kill them in, in a name of my desires, my planned life of entitlement and ease. And that's because without righteous laws, we have removed responsibility, accountability, and consequence. They're gone. This is what our culture has been doing for generations now in everything. No accountability, no consequence, no responsibility. And, uh, and I, think, I think it's a tragedy, and I do pr- continue to fervently have the conversations and pray that it would be undone, and we would begin to seize hold of the responsibility God gives that we would hold people accountable accountable to that responsibility and it would indeed carry consequences that people are able to change and better glorify God in their lives. Amen. 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 Jesse, why don't you pick up the reading with the article here and we'll look at this next section that Caroline has written for us. Brooke took the pregnancy test at 11 o'clock on a hot night at the tail end of the summer. When the two pink lines appeared, she looked over at Billy and then slid onto the bathroom floor finally connecting the signs she'd ignored for weeks. Leaving Billy in her bedroom with the pregnancy test, Brooke grabbed her keys and drove to her best friend's house where they sat on his bed and examined her options. She could always get an abortion, she told him. Then he reminded her of something she vaguely remembered seeing on Twitter. A new law was scheduled to take effect September 1st. Brooke had 48 hours. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. <clears throat> the cliffhanger cli- climax of the story. What will happen in 48 hours to Brooke, 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 Brooke? Sorry. <clears throat> just, trying to, just trying to bring my jam. <clears throat> He's dying right now. He's currently dying. I was just trying to bring my inner Jerry Bruckheimer out for this suspenseful tale. I, uh, this, is gonna, this particular point will come out um, in several times, several times throughout this article. Uh, parents... Love your children, guard their hearts and their bodies, please. Parents, engage, wake up. This scene from the article takes place where? Where Where does it take place? Uh, in her bedroom. In her bedroom. With Billy in it. Yes, this is a problem. Probably the first issue. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, there's like parents. parents. You know what you wouldn't have to consider having if you didn't have Billy in your bedroom? <laughs> An abortion? An abortion. Twins. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Then you could just, just go a thought. A, then you could go after that Austin apartment. <laughs> Swimming with the dolphins because of your real estate. <laughs> petting, All right. Petting All right. Maisie. No. <laughs> wait, what's her name? There's a dolphin? No. Maisie Hirono? Hirono. Oh, on no. the nose as she breaches the water <laughs> in Hawaii. The, do not insult dolphins. They are much more intelligent than Maisie Hirono. And could, they can be vicious. Uh, they can. And I wish... With intelligence comes spite. Oh, man. <laughs> um, to continue the story, what's about to happen? She has 48 hours to make the decision, right? She's found out. She's she's shared her boyfriend. She's rushing to her friend's house. They have to talk. They're going to try to look at the options. And 
again, no parent involved here yet. And, uh, and, and we find out later that that's because, you know, there's, there's a dynamic, there's a dynamic with the whole relationship with their parents, but, um, the closest clinic that she was going to head to was, was overbooked because this is two days before, you know, there's going to be pretty much no abortions in the state again. And, Mad dash to the clinic. Mad dash to the clinic. It's this disgusting. Let's all kill our babies. Oh no! I didn't. I have to get there quick. Let's quickly kill them. It's it's hard. It's such an evil picture of the in the article. Really, this particular part is pretty dark. Oh, she can't get in to kill her baby because everyone else is already there, killing their babies. Very sad. Um. Mm. What we find out is that she's she. She ends up heading to a uh, crisis pregnancy center to get an ultrasound because uh, she needs to find out how far along she is. And uh, as she's made the decision, we're now going to bring in the father of the year. Brooks Brooks has a text conversation with her father. So here's how that went. Quote, this is Brooke. We're going to see how far along it is, Brooke texted her dad, Jeremy Alexander, later that night. See if abortion is an option. What's the cutoff date? He asked. They just passed a law today, she responded in the early hours of September 1st, referring to the ban that had just taken effect. What the effing odds? I believe it's six weeks. Fingers crossed? Question mark, question mark, question mark, her dad said. Boo. Fingers crossed? Dude. Your grandkid, dude. It's your grandkid. Who, what, what kind of world have we made? Oh my gosh, when when parents and grandparents just treat their grandchildren and children this way, it's awful. Dude, be a man. Be a man. Love your daughter well. No, no, don't don't murder my grandchildren. Don't don't do that. Please, I will help. Please let me help let me let me take them in. Like what kind of dude? What kind of weak I'm sorry. I have no I have no patience for this kind of masculinity, which is just cowardice. This is cowardice. Ugh. Yeah. Well, he's he's really doing the whole shot your abortion thing really well. Yeah, yeah. I, he's like apparently excited to shout her abortion for her. Right. It's really one of the most, it's one of the grossest things. You watch these protests at the Supreme Court's justices' houses, and you see men marching with the women. It's like, does nobody else realize how skeevy that is? It's literally like feminism has no understanding. They're just that blind and stupid. Mm. Like, there's a dude. He's like, yeah, let's kill the babies. I can do whatever I want now. Way to go. I love this. Yes. Yes. Like, wake up. That dude just wants to have all the benefits of sex and none of the consequences. And he wants all of the weight of the medical responsibility of that to be on you. He's banging the drum. So that he can do other types of banging. That's his whole deal. Oh. And you're not realizing it. It's gross to watch to watch any man stand up for abortion. And to sacrifice the livelihood of his daughter like oh my gosh. It's just it's so it's so terrible. It's very despicable. It really is. All right. So we're gonna fast forward a little bit and we're skipping some of the story. This so basically takes- forget that guy. <laughs> Yes, really. Jeremy. Yeah, thankfully, most of the article does then forget that guy. That's pretty much his really only interaction besides finding... Terribly forgettable. Yeah. Um, 
This takes us to the pregnancy, pregnancy center of the coastal bend. That's uh, where they end up. So they end up at the pregnancy center of the coastal bend, and the article continues on this way. When Brooke showed up with her mom for her appointment, she had no idea she'd walked into a facility designed to dissuade people from getting abortions. She also didn't know how much significance her form held for the staff. By signaling that she wanted an abortion, she became their first AM of the Texas Heartbeat Act. Now, AM stands for abortion-minded. Uh, they, when, you, when you go to a pregnancy crisis center, they often will try to ascertain whether you are, um, are inclined to have your baby, are open to having your baby or an abortion, or intending to abort your baby so that they can appropriately uh, communicate the truth that you shouldn't murder your baby. <laughs> That's pretty much why they do that. <laughs> uh, there's no other reason uh, to do that. Um, we need as much information as possible to, in every circumstance, tell you that this is wrong and not do it. Don't do this. Absolutely. And when you really remember, this is why I started at the end. Let's pull back to the end, right? She had no idea that they would give her the thing she loves more than anything up to this point in her life. <laughs> they had no idea that she, what they were going to do was going like to leave. More than Jeremy Alexander. <laughs> like she's, they are going to give her the babies that she loves more than anything. Like just putting it in the context, the, the article un, undoes everything it's trying to do. Everything she's trying to do. And we're going to see as we continue reading on in the article that, that uh, way to go, way to go pregnant pregnancy center of the coastal bend. I'm just saying great job. Yes. The article continues. The advocate assigned to her case, Angie Arnholt, had been counseling abortion-minded clients at the pregnancy center for a year. While many of the center volunteers signed up only to talk to LTCs to have a happy conversations about babies, their clients couldn't wait to have. Arnholt, a 61-year-old who wears a gold cross around her neck, felt called to do what she could do. What to call, <laughs> felt called to do what she could to help women make a good decision. She later told the Washington Post. Back in a consultation room, Brooke told Arnhold all the reasons she wanted to get an abortion. She had just enrolled in real estate classes at community college, which would be her first time back in a classroom since she dropped out of high school three years earlier at 15. She and Billy had been dating only three months. Sitting across from Brooke and her mom, Arnhold opened A Woman's Right to Know, an anti-abortion booklet distributed by the state of Texas, flipping to a page titled Abortion Risks. The first risks listed was death. Well, I mean, it's not just a risk in abortion. It's a guarantee, actually. An ever-present reality of what uh, abortion is and I, what I mean, it does. It's a risk you know, for the mother as well, but it's a guarantee for the, the baby. Oh, every time. Um, well done. I just want to say, well done, Angie Arnholt. Well done, Pregnancy Center of the Coastal Bend. Like, well done. By the way, LTC stands is stands for likely to carry. Those are people that are inclined to have their children. Oh, I thought those were Second Amendment enthusiasts. No, <laughs> no, likely like to carry, <laughs> like to carry guns. It is Texas, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> uh, no, this is likely to carry their baby. Uh, so she's an abortion minded, and uh, one I do the do I, stuttering. I do think it's a great uh, a great thing that they they communicate the the risks of, of abortion and, and what an abortion does to a mother that's considering abortion. I think that's appropriate and right because it's just, there's just so much ignorance. So that, that's great. 
But we find out things, right? We find out things from this conversation in the article. She dropped out of high school at 15. That's that's a thing, right? That's not great. And uh, I mean, death is guaranteed here. And the fact that that's not acknowledged in abortion, that that has to be acknowledged through a pamphlet, it's just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, thank thank the Lord that somebody actually stood up and said, um, "No, no, this is this is this is bad. It, it's potentially bad for you. It's bad for the baby. Like this is this is death. This is not good. This is evil. This is wrong." Um, the article continues on. Growing up, Brooke said she bounced back and forth between her mom's house and her dad's, depending on who was the more stable parent at the time. Just to be clear, stability here is measured by who? The very small child's decision-making wow. ability. <laughs> like, bro, this child is deciding who the stable parent is. <clears throat> her happiest years as a kid were spent with her dad. Which years? The happiest ones. Her happiest, her happiness was, uh, all right. She said, on a tree-lined street with a ping-pong table in the garage and a trampoline in the backyard. But then Brooke's dad started using cocaine. Oh, bummer. <laughs> that story takes a turn real quick there. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. While, uh, while Alexander has, has been sober for a few years now, he said back then he couldn't kick the habit. Around the time he stopped paying all the rent and sewage started backing up in their toilets, Brooke moved back in with her mom. With her mom, Brooke always felt like she was tiptoeing. If Brooke forgot to turn off the lights or do the dishes, Thomas would start yelling. Thomas felt she had every right to respond that way, she said, because she was the hen in her hen house. So kind of like just treating a child like a child and not an adult. Yeah, kind of like it kind of feels like the mom had some responsibilities she expected Brooke to do. And the dad did cocaine. <laughs> that's what it feels like here. He felt that he also had some responsibilities that he had to do. To the drugs. To the dr- <laughs> I just, I don't know, like, like what you get from the whole, like, like, oh, if I get an abortion, I can swim with the dolphins, and, and what you get from, we used to play ping pong and stuff, and it was fun at dad's house, and mom, now, I, to be to be fair, I mean, we, it can be really hard for daughters and moms, and, and I think it's really important to acknowledge that, and so it takes, it does take time to build it up, and, and we all know that as parents, if you are a parent, you can we can be overbearing at times. So I, I don't want to I don't want to deny that from Brooke. At the same time, like going to the one who actually is going to hold you accountable to things is probably the best case scenario um, for you long term to actually hold you accountable. It, it's really uh, I, the the thing here. Her her mom is the one that 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 goes with her to the pregnancy center. Her mom is the one who ends up being very excited about these babies. Um, so it's it's. It's just an interesting dynamic in the story here. I also find it incredibly ironic. If you were a mother who was like about to be painted abusively in an article, would you stand by what you had done without any remorse? <laughs> like, no, uh, no, she was she was the hen in my hen house. <laughs> she was coming into my house. She she needed to take responsibility for herself. Like, she's just like it feels like the mom's just like, oh, what do you, you want me to apologize? You want me to apologize for that? <laughs> I'm gonna apologize for that. <laughs> the article continues on. Uh, the she gets an ultrasound, and the technician tells her that she's having twins. Brooke responds, are you sure, Brooke said? Uh, uh, am I allowed to say that on an article when it's a quote? 
Just realize what it says. Uh, OMG, yeah. OMG. We can say that, right? That's fine. That sure, okay? yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Thomas, it seems stupid to you know violate the third commandment when I'm on the podcast. Because your podcast here. Anyway. Second? Second commandment. Well, again, it's early in the morning. Thomas recalled, uh, uh, Thomas, this is the mother. Are you sure, Brooke said. OMG, 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 Thomas, the mother, recalled saying as she jumped up and down. This is a miracle from the Lord. We are having these babies. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just bring in God from here? Just brought in the Lord? He's religious fanatics. Oh, my gosh. Brooke felt like she was floating above herself, watching the scene below. Her mom was Look calling... Her on cocaine. <laughs> her mom was calling the twins... Her mom was calling the twins my babies. Uh, it doesn't actually tell us if they were referring to them being Brooke's babies or her babies. Previously, her mother did just say, we are having these babies, so I don't know what happened here. Promising Brooke she would take care of everything as the ultrasound technician told her, Brooke, how much she loved being a twin. If she really tried, Brooke thought she could make it to New Mexico. Her older brother would probably lend her the money to get there, but she couldn't stop staring at the pulsing yellow line on the ultrasound screen. She wondered if her babies had heartbeats as these women said they did, was aborting them murder? Yes. Eventually, Arnholt turned to Brooke and asked whether she'd be keeping them. Brooke heard herself saying, which also means Brooke said, <laughs> yes. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Listen, this is literally the point where you say, by the way, uh, this law got to the point where it forced information that challenged the morality of murdering your children. Literally helped to inform Brooke that she was going to kill living human beings. Hmm. When you volitionally kill someone, what do we call that again? Something. M- murder. Oh, that's right. Yes. Well, yes. when you volitionally kill an innocent person in the conflict that you're talking about. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I just love that she's having twins, and it happens just so happens that the ultrasound tech is like, "Oh, I love being a twin." Like, how did you find it? You got an ultrasound tech that's a twin <laughs> simultaneously as you're having twins. What are the What are the odds there? That's awesome. She's like, "Oh, you're having twins." My favorite, one of my favorite things in life is being a twin. I'm a twin. I love my twin. Like, gee whiz, this is this is a great point in the story, and and she was challenged because she saw that her babies were alive. It's wonderful. The article goes on to say. Arnold and the ultrasound technician each followed up with Brooke a few times over text. Brooke scheduled what the pregnancy center called a prenatal appointment. Actually, that's what many people call. <laughs> that's, that is what it is called. <laughs> Where she sat sat through another ultrasound. Uh, that's what happens at that. <laughs> then, yes. Then then she dropped by for a parenting class, earning points, quote unquote, that she redeemed for a package of diapers. After that, Brooke didn't go back to the pregnancy center. She said the class felt like a waste of time. <laughs> no. Instead, she turned to Billy, because I always think... Three-month young Billy. I would like to turn to a high school teenager instead to help me. <laughs> this His last pregnancy. name is literally high. <laughs> okay. All right. She said, she said the class felt like a waste of time. Instead, she turned to Billy. Within a few weeks, weeks, Brooke and Billy had a plan. It took them weeks to come up with a plan, by the way. All right, oh. but I do like the plan. Uh, he would join the Air Force as soon as he graduated from high school. Brooke would wait for him to finish basic training and then follow him wherever he got assigned. The plan. Got the plan down. Um, first, I just want to say those evil crisis pregnancy, crisis pregnancy center people trying to help her with the points and giving her diapers and her taking a parenting class. How dare you? So evil. 
do you know how much carbon is emitted into the atmosphere every package of diapers? <laughs> oh, Greta, with your carbon, go sail a ship. Um, I just—it's—it's it's perfect. It's—it's it's just a perfect encapsulation of our our culture. We have allowed teenagers to think that they actually know things. It's—it's it's scary. I was a teenager. I was there. Teenagers should know things. No, they absolutely. Right. No, yeah, that's correct. So it's a double problem, right? We have forced our teenagers to know nothing by being horrible at everything. And then when they think they know everything because we've entitled them, they walk away from training. That would help them raise a child. Ain't that life. Anyway. Yeah. So good job, Crisis Pregnancy Center. I love the point system, giving away free things just so you can help a parent learn. That's a great idea. That's that's good. That's a good I like that. It's a good method. Uh, also, just to be clear, when you are having a baby, prenatal appointments are what you go to because you are prenatal and they need to check the baby. It's kind of a... But this was Brooke's first time and she did not know. Um, what I love here is that the babies were forcing this young, what you'll find out is a young skateboarder dude to consider fast-tracking himself to responsibility. <laughs> I find this only to be a good thing. Yes, only a good thing. High school teenager, right, who got a girl pregnant. I'm assuming that at least they covered that basic one in high school, uh, that that's what happens when you do that thing. Um, and um, he's going to join the military because, you know what, the military offers uh, stability and benefits uh, to provide for a family. Well, I mean, it's better than most people do. Yeah, I mean, he's not, yeah, I. you know what? This I just want to applaud these two young people for making a horrible mistake, right? Not living responsibly, but then turning that mistake into having to make some maturing decisions. They're they're maturing through this process. So that that is a good thing. Um, it's it, it's good. It is a good thing. The article continues on. Jesse, would you like to read yeah, for us? Yeah, I got to let me scroll. Let's scroll a little bit. Do you see me scrolling? <laughs> okay. Throughout the fall, Billy. No, we didn't read those. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, doing a great right. job. No, Don't listen to me. Yeah, definitely not. Throughout yeah. the fall, Billy was her biggest worry. <laughs> he'd stayed pretty quiet back when she was deciding what to do about the babies. Just once, he told her he'd prefer her to get an abortion, but would, su- but would support her completely in whatever she chose. He'd thought about adoption, but Brooke wouldn't even consider it. I don't think I'm ready for this, he'd told her. Billy was scared to lose what he described as, quote, the freedom of being a teenager, a freedom that he took too much for granted. After he graduated, he'd planned to keep working at Freebirds, just enough hours to get by so he could maximize his skate time and just chill. People respected Billy at the skate bar. (laughs) Whenever he geared up to film... I feel like I got... Whenever he geared up to film some chicks, everybody else cleared out of the bowl. <laughs> and also filled a different bowl. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, stop, stop, stop. That was that stop. Was, that was totally judgmental and meant to be a joke. It was clearly sarcasm. Gee whiz, everybody, calm down. It was just a joke. Um, yeah, this is the this is the was an interesting part of the article I included because it gives us a little insight into what's happening here inside of Billy. <laughs> it's Billy's mind. I I feel like I want to reread that all as a skater dude. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for this. He Just told her. Put your put your beta. It is a Texas article. Put your beta work on the freedom of being a teenager. 
Check out my gnarly skateboard. Freedom dude. to do whatever I want with this other young woman without regard to the consequences. <laughs> yeah. That's the freedom of being the a teenager. teenager. Yeah, like the freedom of being a teenager to impregnate another teenager and not take responsibility for it. That's the freedom of being a teenager. No. Babe, let's go to your house. Your dad's hopped up on Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. You see where this is going? It's Billy, horrible. This is this is the but this is a this is an amazing transition when you think about it. This is Billy, right? Billy is this is your average irresponsible teenager. This is what we've created in culture. Congratulations, everybody. Let's stop doing that. All right, let's just make a commitment as a culture. We're gonna stop doing this, right? But he does go from this this guy to I'm going to join the military. I'm a father. Like I got, I got stuff to do, which is a huge, what we're seeing here about these babies, right? It's Having like a, a 180 kick flip <laughs> down the half pipe. It's like, <laughs> it's like nailing that grind, bro. And doing a fakie off the backside and rolling on down. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's great. Th- these babies have, have brought about resp- the, the maturing process. It's almost like we should be training, the, you know, small humans towards masculinity and femininity to actually raise a family. It's like if we did that, maybe things would be different. It's like if we followed the biblical prescriptive for life. <laughs> it's like amazing. Well, man, if we did that, I wouldn't get to knock up my girlfriend. Yeah, and I do want to say, like, it, we, we are we're having fun. We're having fun with this article because there's obviously some glaring things that I'm telling you. The secretly based Wapo just put in here. They're obviously pretty glaring. Like right now, we're gonna kill babies so that we can get a real estate license and you know work on my tricks in the bowl. You know, like that's what we're killing babies for. So, like, guys, we see it. They're twins. They're alive. We already we already did it. Like. We know what's going on here, right? So I do want to. I do want to. As we're having fun, I want to make sure we're also applauding these teens for actually trying to actually gain some maturity, taking this horrible mistake, right? And 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 going forward with it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that they're doing this. Um. So we do. We 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 affirm the fact that by having these children, they are seizing responsibility. It's not a game anymore. No more. No more kickflip grab daily things with the boards. We're going to have to pony up. No, oh. so carrying on the article. By November, Billy was paying all of Brooks' bills. Oh, good. That's seems appropriate. What single income household? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, <laughs> she'd stopped working at Texas Roadhouse after the smell of the meat and grease. True story, by the way, had been making her sick to her stomach. To swing Brooks' three hundred and thirty dollars car payment again, parents just they applied for a wick. A wick card and ate ramen for pa- ramen or pancakes for dinner. When they overdrafted Brooks' credit card, Billy worked double shifts until he could pay it off. Man, that's a, that's that's a very mature idea. Did they did they listen to Dave Ramsey? <laughs> that's Brooke, a Dave Ramsey thing right there. <laughs> Brooke wanted to work, but she couldn't hack a waitressing job. At seven months pregnant, she struggled to stay on her feet for too long and felt utterly exhausted by even the simplest tasks. She started falling asleep while doing her homework. Then she missed a class. Then another. When she decided to drop out of real estate school, she couldn't bring herself to tell a teacher. She convinced herself it wasn't that big of a deal. They'd be moving away soon anyway, and the Air Force would pay Billy enough to support them both. So, <laughs> first of all, I mean, Dave Ramsey would, would automatically say $330 car payment. 
Yeah, he would judge them for that for sure. Yeah. By the way, just to be clear, Dave Ramsey has some you know you know good financial advice. I'm just saying uh, he's not your pastor, so stop that. Everyone in the Christian world, but maybe stop he's it. Rick Warren's pastor. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Rick Warren doesn't have a pastor. Rick Rick Warren. It goes. It goes. Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, Rick Warren in order of humanity, man and humanity. Didn't you know that? Men in the history of all humanity. <laughs> Did you know? He's, Rick Warren doesn't have a pastor. <laughs> I didn't want to make so many more comments. Literally, this is taking responsibility. This is just real life. You have bills, you work hard, you get stuff done, you don't sleep a lot, especially when you're young and married. And just remember, you work hard to get stuff done. Like It, it takes a lot of work. Uh, when you first have a child and everything changes, your whole decision-making processes begin to change. This is this is great. The WAPO is just saying, oh, hey, this is how life works. Look at this. She's going to have two babies. She's going to love more than anything, and she's going to work hard to care for them. And he is going to be a father to them, and it's going to be it's going to be awesome. It's a hard, really hard, but awesome. Based. That was great. Yep, the article continues on. Jesse, would you like to read for us? Sure. You you went way far away. No, I'm just looking to see how much is left. Oh, we're almost done, bro. We're coming to the end of this article. We are getting there. I hope. Hopefully, we're done a good job unpacking it. I, I just want to say, I know a lot of this has been mentioned by a couple of cultural commentators out there. I just hadn't heard anybody do a really good deep dive, biblically speaking, into this article and looking at the verses and understanding what God has said about about life, and then pulling it down that way. There's a lot of critiquing here and there, but but not not a real good pulling out of the biblical framework here. So hopefully hopefully we're doing that for you. This article is almost done, and it continues on as Jesse will read now. She was determined to prove them wrong. Somehow mothering came naturally to Brooke. (laughs) Somehow. Whenever one of the babies started crying, Brooke would tick through her mental checklist. Was her daughter hungry? Tired? Did she need to be changed? If it was none of those things, Brooke would pick up her daughter and hold her close, swaying her from side to side, kissing the silky brown strands on the top of her head. Almost always, her baby would stop crying. I think she can smell me, she said, and that makes me feel so special. Brooke knew the little things about her daughters that no one else would notice. Olivia had a higher-pitched cry. Kendall was harder to soothe. You could always tell when they were about to wake up because they'd start to smile. Looking at her daughters, Brooke struggled to articulate her feelings on abortion. On one hand, she said she absolutely believed that women should have the right to choose what's best for their own lives. On the other, she knew that without the Texas law, her babies might not be here. There was only one way she could make sense of it, she said. Losing them now as fully formed human beings would be different from losing them back then. I just, this is a section I could not believe. (laughs) I could not believe they printed this in the Washington Post. Well, Biden's president, so I mean, anything's possible. (laughs) But I mean, this is crazy, right? So one, it turns out a woman is naturally maternal. Mm. Now, this is regardless of having a baby, I believe, uh, emphatically, this is part of the creation order that God has made. And it's amazing. It's like they just acknowledged. Brooke, oh, she became a mom and she was incredibly motherly <laughs> to her children. <laughs> right. It's amazing. It's almost like we assumed that she would do all of the wrong things. Right. You know, it is exactly. Oh, she's a teenager. She doesn't know. But she, she's literally figuring it out. Figure it out. She loves that her children know her as, her as their mother. She loves that. You know what? Mothers do love that. <laughs> Mothers love that. It's a, it's, yes. Oh, by the way, 
All mothers know. Babies do, se- they can literally just sense their presence. Like, like there are some mothers, like a sleeping baby knows when the mother's not in the room. Like, every, like it's, it's amazing. And she's just acknowledging what God has made. It's so, it's so crazy, right? And, and she's struck, right? This is where she's struck. She's struck with abortion in the face of babies, living babies, and that it is obviously murder. The article clearly states this, right? This law informed her that she would have killed her children. She has babies now. Without this law, she literally says, without this law, the, the article, you know, fobs the language, they, these babies wouldn't be here. Yeah, because you would have murdered them. You would have murdered these babies. You, the mother. And now she loves them more than anything else. But it brings us to that last sentence. That last sentence, almost there, right? It's almost there. And I, and you don't know. You really don't know. Like, Or I would assume that this was based off of conversations they had with Brooke. Because this isn't a direct quote. This is this is some some narrative, right? The last sentence is, there was only one way she could make sense of it, she said. But it's not a quote. <laughs> losing them now, also not a quote, as a fully formed human beings would be different from losing them back then. And the question becomes, why? Why? Why is it different? Please do tell me why it's different to lose them in the womb versus losing them as fully formed humans. I can tell you something. Mothers that lose children when they're looking forward to having a baby and they lose a child in the womb are devastated like they are devastated when they lose a baby. Their devastation is equivalent. It carries with them. It lasts forever. It does. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it, it's not a question. There is no difference. It is the same thing. Ugh. But here, she's struck with it, right? These are babies. I'm telling you, Washington Post, man. Washington Post. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. These are babies. If I hadn't, if this law hadn't have been passed, I would have killed them. They would be dead. I would have murdered my children. Mm. The article continues on. She often relived an argument that her and Billy, they'd had one Saturday night in April when they got a little too drunk. <laughs> and Billy finally talked about all the things he'd been avoiding He didn't really like the way his life was turning out, he told her. He didn't want to join the Air Force. He just wanted to skate. That's not my fault, she told him. I didn't get myself pregnant. And I just wanted to include this particular paragraph because there's so many things. I just want to skate. (laughs) So many things. I want to. I want to skate. No, no, none of that. None of that. None of that. None of that. A little Monty Python reference here for everybody. I want to sing. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I just want to skate. I don't want to join the Air Force. That's not my fault. I didn't get myself pregnant. You don't. You know what? Also, obvious truth: it takes two to have a baby, right? Which is why I'm fully on board with making sure every man that has pregnates a woman uh, is responsible for that child. Every one of them. Every one of them. You know what? Double child support. Triple child support. Take care of your children. Take care of your children, men. Care for your children. Provide for your children. Oh, you don't want to pay child support? Then marry that woman and raise a family. Do it right. Take responsibility. Engage. Build culture. Gee whiz. I want to skate. I want to. You want to skate? You want to skate? There's two beautiful little baby girls. Twins. Beautiful ones. Like, go ahead and be a dad. 
That's what you be a dad. I mean, unless you're going to figure out Tony Hawk, you know what? Plenty of time to figure out Tony Hawk. Go to the military, start providing for your family, be Tony Hawk later. Dude, I mean, dude, Tony Hawk skated until he was like 40. You know, you got plenty of time. You're you're 12. You got plenty of time to be. I mean, and also, by the way, sex has consequences, right? Brooke just acknowledged that she cannot impregnate herself. Which really makes me have questions about Lightyear movie. Where did the kids come from between a lesbian couple? I'm sorry, it's going to hear there. Oh, oh, no, different podcast. Cryogenetically frozen. <laughs> uh, Brooke just acknowledged, you need a man to get pregnant. You need a man to provide sperm in order to have a baby. Dun, dun, dun. Also, why are two teenagers that have... Why are they getting very drunk? Stop getting very drunk, everyone. Like, <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Moving on from that paragraph. We're, we're so close to the end of this article. It continues on. Across town... I Oh, I love this section. <laughs> this is where WAPO is like, it's a political issue. Almost based. Across town, a woman Brooke had never met would soon be sharing her story, holding up the twins as an anti-abortion triumph. Well, I mean... <laughs> anyway, just two weeks after the leaked draft decision revealed a Supreme Court on the brink of overturning Roe, the Coastal Bend Republican Coalition gathered on May 19th for its weekly meeting at a local barbecue joint. Over brisket and coleslaw, sounds delicious, members listened to the speaker they'd invited for the evening, Jaina Pinson, the executive director of the Pregnancy Center of the Coastal Bend. To explain the center's work, Pinson told a story about a girl who showed up with her mom on the morning the Heartbeat Act took effect, asking for an abortion. The mother and daughter were so furious with us, Pinson said, so angry. But as soon as they saw the ultrasound, she said, everything changed. The moment we put that wand on her sweet belly and the two babies popped up, it absolutely melted them. Last year, Pinson said, 583 abortion-minded and abortion-vulnerable women chose to continue their pregnancies after visiting their facility. At their banquet in March, with over 2,800 attendees from across the region, Pinson and her staff lit 583 candles. One of those was for Brooke. These evil, bigoted, awful Republicans celebrating 583 mothers that had a minimum of 584 babies. Shame. It's awful. It's evil. It's ridiculous. How dare they? How dare they? I mean, or like, praise God, there was like, how amazingly wonderful that all these babies were born instead of murdered. Like, what do we, what do, do, do they not hear what they're saying? It's amazing. Uh, Jesse, you, you, you know what? It's interesting. This, this, brought, this brought to mind that you, you shared a Facebook post recently that was uh, from a little Twitter poll, <laughs> the uh, little Twitter poll of, Oh, uh, why don't all my pro, why don't all of my pro life people like tell me, you know, what they've done to, for to to help women if they're gonna make them keep all these babies and un, un, unintentionally she got like hundreds and hundreds of responses from yeah. people like oh here's what I did and honestly just just Christian if you if you do find Jesse and you do become his friend and you look at this amazing. Um, Twitter thread. Just do do understand. You may you may feel a little bad for uh, the fact that you are not engaged more uh, with caring for um, pre uh, pre birth and 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 post birth uh, mothers, single mothers, and and mothers that were that are struggling. So, but it was amazing. Like it was hundreds. Jesse, why don't you why don't you read a couple of those responses to this lady's question? Maybe we'll read read the lady's question for yeah. them. So this person says, "Dear pro life friends, 
What have you personally done to support lower income single mothers? I'll wait. There's a challenge. One person says, I donate to multiple charities that help feed, clothe, and educate them. I've worked on legislation to improve the foster care system and ed- to educate women on the availability of safe havens where they can safely surrender a baby if it comes to that. Well, that seems pretty uplifting. I am a professor. I constantly grant extra time on assignments to pregnant students and I'm willing to work around their schedules however I can. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, one, one woman says, I've thrown several baby showers for low-income mom-slash-families in the area. Opened my home to one of them. Dropped what I was doing several times to give rides to a mom and newborn to doctor's appointments. Provided friendship, mentorship, and support along the way. Man, if only people would just do more, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, these crazy pro-lifers not caring about mothers and single mothers and low-income situations and hardships. And yeah, they just want human incubators. That's all they want. My body, my choice. Blah, 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 blah. Shut your mouths. <laughs> just smack you. It was great. All these, just go through it, read it. I think there, I think the post includes like 37 screen, 37, sounds like yeah, 30 screenshots. It's a lot. There's a lot of response, responses. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, but, but it's awesome. I mean, I, I think back to the time when both Jesse and I have had a single mother. We, we put up a single mother in our homes and, uh, and that was such an awesome time. Just got to, uh, connect with her again. It was Father's Day. Talk a little bit with her. It's just, it's, it's, it's important. It's important to help and care Christian uh, that way. And here we have a clear example of them trying to make this a political issue and pit one side against the other. And I'm sorry, the side that says we want we want to help babies be born and live and flourish is probably uh, just coming up roses here. So come on. Oh, here's here's another interesting. This is kind of how the article concludes. Well, the article concludes saying that she loves her babies more than anything. That's how it actually concludes. We started at the end, the beginning. But the article at the end uh, says, has this little this little paragraph. It actually walks you through to the fact um, that this couple gets married. So uh, the article continues on. Three weeks later, the baby stayed home while Brooke and Billy drove to the courthouse. Billy was about to leave for a five-month stint in basic training and technical school. For Brooke to qualify for military benefits, they had to get married. So we've gone from, right, 15-year-old high school dropout Brooke to a married army wife and mother in one article in the course of less like a year. That's crazy. All by simply not murdering the children she loves. Man, what an inconvenience those children were. If only she had been free to just get you know, sexualized more. And if only Billy hadn't was just allowed to skate more, you know, I feel like they'd be more productive members of society. Yeah. Seriously. Like stupid Texas governor Abbott in his wheelchair, <laughs> signing things with pens, also in wheelchairs, wheelchair pens. I don't think the pens are in wheelchairs. Oh, well, they, I should, guess, they, should, they should be. I guess technically they are. If he's in a wheelchair, he's, in a wheelchair. And he's holding <laughs> the pen. And the pen's technically in a wheelchair, technically speaking. Anyway, that's either here to there. This article, inadvertently, it, it, really, either that or ironically based, carries you through the responsibility engagement of two people having children, going from shirking all responsibility to engaging in responsibility with both feet. Now, we don't know how the story's going to turn out. 
Two well, quick... I, I would add a step, but with wrestling with the responsibility. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then and then with embracing the responsibility. Yes, thank, thanks to the fact that there was you know a you know less a less unrighteous law, still still unrighteous, but less unrighteous law that did inform them that they needed to engage with not murdering their children and take responsibility for what they had done. And and I think the real miracle here is that they both they both engaged with it. That's the real like they're engaging with it. She's married now. And 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 Billy for for all of his foibles, they include a lot of pictures in the article, which you can easily search uh, since we've given you the title. Um, it they, they include all sorts of pictures. Now uh, I look at it, and it looks like g- genuinely looks like they, they Billy is just a, a a caring a caring person. Like he doesn't look look like he like yeah. Obviously, they're all we're all selfish. Like you can't just say oh well they they had selfish motives. Yes, of course they're all selfish. And when not informed and given the ability to shirk all responsibility by murdering your children so you can just stay selfish, selfish human beings choose to be selfish. It's just, it's what happens. What we're supposed to do is inform the righteous standards not to be selfish, not to murder other people. Like, that's what the righteous standard is supposed to be. We just didn't have the righteous standard at all. We've we walked away from it. That's that's what we've done as a culture. And, and, and I'll say this again, it is because Christians did not engage they did not speak the truth of God into the culture at all. They just didn't. For for generations, they sat in their cloistered little steeple steepled roofed churches on Sundays, and the rest of their the rest of their weeks, they did they didn't look any different than the world. They didn't change. They didn't speak up. They didn't hold true to the standard of God. They that's what we did, and that's how we got here. But but praise God, praise God for this article. Praise God for the Washington Post pointing out that a that a mother loves her children. All because she didn't, she she couldn't murder them when she wanted to murder them. Hmm. Nothing in this article has any inclination that Brooke wants to grab a pillow and now murder her children. She doesn't. She loves her children. She is sacrificing for her children. A young skater boy has gone off to join the military. Married. They're married. They're married now. He's graduated high school. He's going to go. He's going to go to basic training. Then she's going to join him wherever he gets stationed. She's going to be uh, his wife with his children, provided for through him actually doing a a job, which can be an absolute lifelong career. I mean, what, what were you trying to tell me here, Washington Post? What were you trying to tell me? <laughs> the only thing that's missing is a is a hearty dose of Christian discipleship in here. That's the only thing missing. Yeah, and like, hey, wake up, everybody! Like. This is what this is what is needed. This is what is needed. Christians need to step up here because, th- I mean, it can only make this story better with the truth of God. Bring the truth of God in here holistically for salvation. That's what what can change. It can make it can make this this story like glorious. But we actually we actually have to step up. We actually have to step up and 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 engage. So that that's really I think that's really I think the Washington Post was just trying to drive more engagement here for uh, for the pro life movement. Um, so let's do that. Shall we, shall we church? Shall we, shall we like take God at his word and, uh, you know, and, and, and maybe believe him, speak it, love the culture enough, um, to, to do that. I think that'd be, I think that'd be wise. Uh, before we end here, I just want to Google real quick. I want to see if, uh, if we've got any decision yet. Um, cause that would be absolutely awesome, uh, from the Supreme court just to be able to announce that right here. Just to be able to get our live reaction. <laughs> this would be so awesome. I feel uh, like we would know. I feel like we would have gotten it. I feel like, I really do. Like, I was really hoping like our phones would suddenly blow up. I feel like there should be like, 
I feel like, you know what, you know what I feel like? I feel like Google should be forced to <laughs> change their little, you know, you click on Google and it does something stupid for the day. I think, right. I think they should be forced to, you know, celebrate life. It should be covered with like babies living and, and, and not like, not like dying and stuff. I feel like it should be, should be covered in that. Yeah. Just lots of babies. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I'm not seeing anything yet, but you know, hopefully everyone Christian continue to pray that we do get a decision on that because clearly from this article, we are, uh, we are hopefully, oh yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna say this. I hope when you hear that this is already a foregone conclusion and that we are celebrating that this article can now be something that is seen across our country and breathe life back into the understanding that there is a life in the womb. It is from the beginning before the foundations of the world that God has and has brought that life to exist. And we, we as, as sinful man should not be murdering what God has made alive. Amen. 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 So, dear Christian, as we come to the end of this, we hope you were informed. Please uh, engage with us. Uh, also, it is still June. Do head over to uh, check out the God's Bow t-shirt. Uh, it is pretty awesome. It wears great. We have enjoyed wearing it. I have worn it and washed it several times already. Uh, and um, I can't wait to wear it to the airport today. Dun, dun, dun. We're going to see how that goes. <laughs> Probably fine. Probably fine. People are scared and weak to talk about things anyway. But go check it out. You'll love it. Uh, we also have a, a corresponding sticker. It's awesome, and uh, and it goes to support um, Juan over at Nini's Deli, who does amazing evangelical work. God has changed his life, particularly as it comes to the uh, the reality of homosexual sin. Uh, he's just man, that guy is. I I love what he does. <laughs> Everything he does. Uh, if you haven't read his story, there's a there's a by uh, uh, a documentary. That's the word. Uh, that you can find even in the description of our t-shirt. Uh, it was phenomenal. Um, and so we would encourage you to check that out. And we would also encourage you this day to seize the faith. faith.